So I was talking to someone I ministered to this week about something I'd like to share on this Pentecost Sunday as we celebrate the Pentecostal spirit. And she was sharing a particularly difficult moment in her life because her employer is getting ready to make some cuts and knows that her program and thus her job could be cut. Many of us have been in that situation, right? And But rather than panicking, rather than panicking about that, which is what I would be doing, she had a piece about her because she knows who she is and what she's capable of, and she knows that there will be others who see that too and know it too. She has a place in this world she knows, and the place where she's working may not be the place where she needs to be. And she's willing to put in the work to live into that trust. She said to me, Remember, Pastor Kaji, I'm just living softly. I'm just living softly, she said. And living softly, just that, in part three of this five-part series on the spiritual seasons of our life that we're reflecting on in this season is precisely where I want to go with our spring times. So in spring, you imagine the softness of the lush ground. And I want to invite you into living softly on that soft and lush ground. So what is living softly? It might help to start with the opposite, which is hard living and knowing what hard living is like. And if you've been paying attention to the series, then you have heard about the winter season. That's what I talked about last week. And I'd say that in our spiritual winters, we are living hard. You're living hard in winter. And if you have been thinking about what winter might feel like, that makes sense. It's hard living. And when we're living hard, we put on all these layers between our spirit and ourselves. Many, many layers between our spirit and ourselves. It's almost like in winter, you know, when you're putting on a big, thick winter coat. Well, we do that. We put on a big, thick winter coat around our spirits. And then, even on top of that, we cover ourselves with like an exoskeleton, even. And no offense to cancers who have an exoskeleton, because crabs do, uh, but we can be a bit crabby maybe even crabs in a barrel reaching up at each other. And because of this, in our hard living, we're so disconnected from others. We dissociate from moments. You know, we separate ourselves from it just to be able to make, ourselves, make it through the day. And as we do this, it's really, really hard to see the good. It's hard to know what to be grateful for even because we're just frustrated with everything, including God. And likewise, hard livers are deeply critical. The people around them know this as well because they are crit critical of them, but what the others might not realize is that hard livers are also very critical of themselves. That's hardness. 
And when we're hard living, our anger burns within us too long. It settles into our bodies as rage, a rage that's just always simmering, ready to burn something at the slightest trigger inside of us or even at others. And with all of that, it's no wonder, there we go, it's no wonder that when it's decision time, hard livers are led to decide based on fear. They live with such tension that you can feel it, right? They trust no one, including themselves, and they can't trust the Holy Spirit either. And of course, the Holy Spirit is going to be present no matter what, but the hard liver has a very difficult time living with the fluidity that the Spirit invites. And as I admitted to you in my own current assessment of my life, I believe I'm coming to the end of my spiritual winter and hopefully headed right into spring. And I am ready for it. I'm also just not there yet, which means that... Ooh, this mic is giving me the hardest time today. Just give me one moment, okay. Which means that when I went through the list of what it is to be a hard liver, I am describing in many ways myself. Ain't no shame in that word today. So I've described hard living, but what is soft living? What does it look like? A soft liver spirit is open. Maybe not wide open because there are boundaries to be observed, which again I quote Prentice Hempel who says, boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me. I can love you and me simultaneously. You know what, I think I'm going to switch to that mic, David, because this is just, I don't want to disturb the people. Thank you. Okay. Got it? Okay, here we go. Is that better? Yes, thank you. Okay, so you can sense someone who has an open spirit. You want to be around them. You want some of that goodness in your life. And soft living makes joy a must. The question, will this bring joy, becomes a key component in their decision-making matrix. And that joy leads to seeking and maintaining connections with others, especially with God. Soft living includes listening for and to God as a way of life in the good times and the rough spots too. A soft liver makes their mistakes, licks their wounds as they must, and then learns. Because soft living means being gentle with yourself and with others. And a soft liver can eventually get to the place in conflict to see that another person is just doing as much as they can with what they have at the time, which is a hard phrase to say. Whenever someone who's uh, going through conflict, or I am, and says that to me, they're like, you know what, Kaji, they're just doing the best they can with what they got at the time. It's the last thing I want to hear. But in soft living, it's the first thing you think of. 
And they can even say that about themselves as well, because that sense of strong self-criticism, you release when you say, I am doing the best I can with what I have at the time. And that doesn't mean that a soft liver dismisses accountability, but they just hold compassion in the process. A soft liver embraces tenderness. They're the opposite of edgy, which means that they trust God and they trust the people who have earned it. And they trust themselves. And finally, in the spirit of Pentecost, I have to say that a soft liver lives with fluidity. They move with the spirit God has sent them. And do you know how God moves them? God moves them up. In our soft living, we elevate. For God ordered the seasons and the boundaries of their habitation. What lesson does the Holy Spirit have for us who seek to be or are already in our spiritual springs. In springtime, you are shoots growing from the ground, from the soft, soft ground. That hard living that was your soul's winter, preparing the ground for spring has happened already, but now you elevate. You reach up from the mud. You're not stuck in the ground. You are reaching up for the sky, and God sent you the Holy Spirit, to lift you up, to elevate. And the way to continue to elevate is to move into a softer, more spirit-filled living. So, shed the exoskeleton if you've got it, because as we know, crustaceans crack, and we don't want that for you. But this season, is softness. Connect. Don't dissociate. Talk to God. God can handle it. Be gentle with yourself. Address your anger, but don't live in it. Set aside your fears and embrace the possibilities of hope. Relax your body. Release your mind. Trust the people who've earned it. At Pentecost, the people marveled that they could, quote, hear them speaking about God's languages, about, about God's deeds of power. Let me say that again. At Pentecost, the people marveled that they could hear them speaking in their own tongues about God's deeds of power. And that's a very important phrase to remember because as I head to my seat, I just want to remind us all that in our soft living, in our elevation, we recognize where all the blessings come from and then we proclaim constantly God's deeds of power in our lives, not just to ourselves but to the people around us. How often do we have conversations about what God's deeds of power are in our lives right this moment, right here, right now? Does, some, does everybody just know you as the one who is constantly reminding others about what God's deeds of power are in your life? 
That is what we aspire to in our Pentecostal and soft living. And we will all know you to be elevated when we can hear you not loud and clear, not living in the place of complaint or moaning and groaning, when you have blessings everywhere around you already. Doesn't mean that you don't recognize when things are hard, but you also know that God is working. So I can't wait to hear your softness testimony. I've been working on this ever since I wrote this sermon, which was many days ago, and I have found myself, you know, being crunchy again. And then I say, no, Kaji, we're gonna live softly here. And I will tell you, it works. Give it a shot. So in your elevation, I can't wait to hear your testimony of God's deeds of power in your own language. And I promise you that as you reach for that way of living, it won't so much matter about the pain and the disappointment because you'll also know just how busy God is in your life. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just let the Holy Spirit do her work. And my God, when I think upon the goodness of the Lord, I can't help but to tell somebody, amen? Amen.